0: All right, everyone, let's make our way back to our seats this morning. So good to see everyone officially. Welcome to New Life Church. School is out. A few excited people, teachers, especially, college, lower grades, they're all out for the for the summer for about what, eight, nine weeks roughly, somewhere in there. So, and as you heard, kids camp starts tomorrow. So it's gonna be, we're off to a roaring start. And, um, and so, anyway, going to be a great week uh, of camp. Well, listen, last week we started a series. It's actually <clears throat> a series we're going to be doing all the way through uh, the summer. It's called Epistles. Um, these, these are letters in the New Testament. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote half the New Testament and these epistles. We're going to be looking at different ones. And um, last week we were in Ephesians chapter 1... Uh, where we learned and, and talked about our place and position in Christ, uh, that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing uh, in the heavenly places. And because of that, we have a place in, 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 a, in, in Christ, and we called it reigning, reigning in Christ, having authority in Christ and living by God's plan and promise and His purpose for us. And actually last week was really special too, because one of the mothers in our house, Diana Hurley, shared her testimony And uh, all of this, this entire message is on our website, newlifechurchofjackson.org. You can go online, go to sermons, pull it, click it, and listen to it. And uh, her testimony was really, really powerful and um, and, and just uh, helpful to so many people. So I encourage you, if you were not able to be here last week, or if you were, and you just need to uh, be reminded of a few good things, uh, go back and check that message out last week. We're continuing in that vein, epistles. Today we're going to be in chapter 6. Of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're going to be. So I invite you to open up your Bibles there uh, with me today. And I've titled today's message, The Struggle is Real, y'all. <laughs> the struggle is real, y'all. You can get away with y'all here. Not, not universal around, but let's read this text today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. <clears throat> The Apostle Paul writes, and again, a reminder, he wrote these letters while he was in prison in Rome, and God got him quiet, got him still, and allowed him to take time to pen these letters, and they're written to believers, written to Christians, and so it was written directly to us here today. It says, verse 10, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies, of the devil. For we are not fighting against our flesh and blood enemies, against our next door neighbor, against the person who pulls out in front of us in traffic, or any other people. But really, it says our battle is against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, verse 13, therefore put on. Every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil... Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I'm going to pray and then as I finish this prayer, there's a video that's going to play. Let's pray. God, thank you today. Thank you for your presence Thank you for your people, and thank you, God, that you have purpose for every one of our lives. This morning is not a time that we come to a place, to a building, to just sit and kind of do our duty. No, we're here because you've called us here, you want us here, and I believe you have something to say to us. So I ask that you would speak directly to our hearts. God, some are here today with questions, some are here today needing some answers, some are here today needing, needing some affirmation and confirmation, and we're all here because we need you. So I pray you will be big today, as you already are. Speak to us, O oh God. We honor your word now. We give our full attention to it in these next few minutes. And We thank you and we love you, in Jesus' name. Everybody who agrees with that can say amen. Let's check out this video.
1: to the ground, had me down for the count, my faith a million miles away, and I dropped out of sight, this overcomer, lost her will to fight, I know it's been a while since anybody seen me smiling, shame at me thinking it was anymore, thought my best days were gone, yeah, turns out that I was wrong, cause this is my comeback song, yeah by the grace of God.
0: The struggle is real, y'all, but here's the deal. The devil cannot destroy you. That's the fact. The devil cannot destroy you. He can discourage you. He can disrupt you. He can disappoint you. He can even try to detour you, but he cannot destroy you. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus actually came to destroy the works of the devil... And so whatever the enemy has planned, and we just read here in Scripture that he's strategic and he's crafty... ...and he's got some thoughts and he's got some plots, but God is more strategic. God is the perfect designer and the architect of our faith. And he's created life in such a way that though the struggle is real in our life, we're still here. Because there's things that will come against us. There are things that the enemy tries to put in our life... And at times, it looks like he succeeds. At times, it looks like he wins. At times, it looks like, man, I'm done. I've messed up. I've made the wrong choices. I did this. I've done that or whatever it might be. And we can often find ourselves in a place of, of, of discouragement and a place of distraction and a place where we, just, we don't feel hopeful anymore. And if, we, and, if, and if we allow ourselves to stay in that place, that's exactly where the enemy wants us. Because he knows he can't destroy us, but if he can do all those other things, then he keeps us from living our purpose. He keeps us from truly living with our faith that God has put inside of us. And so, but God gives a plan of action. He gives us a plan to to rise up, to be victorious, to to not be the ones who get knocked down and stay down, but to be the ones when we get knocked down, we get back up. We're the getting back up people. We're the getting back up people. Anybody ever been knocked down before? Anybody ever been knocked down before? Life has a way of knocking us down. And we say it that way many times. The enemy is in the middle of it and he has a way of trying to do that. But when he knocks us down, we get back up. You see, the thing is, we're all going to get knocked down. We don't need to be afraid of getting knocked down. Because that means we're still in the fight. That means we're still in this thing. And though the struggles are real... We've got someone who's victorious, who's bigger than anything. He's called the king of kings. He's called the lord of lords. He's called the prince of peace. And life is hard and life is real and it gets nasty and it gets ugly. I get that. It happens to all of us. But the great thing that is so true is that Jesus is greater than everything. And if Jesus is in your life... If Jesus is sinner in your heart, then guess what? You get knocked down, but you rise back up. Because he taught us that at the resurrection. That he was knocked down, hung on a cross, embarrassed, hung there in agony, willingly gave his life and breathed his last breath and said, Father, it is finished. And then the enemy, the devil, thought he really had one. Because they bury him, but he was buried in a borrowed tomb little side note, meaning he wasn't planning on staying there. And then on the third day, God calls him out, brings him out from death. And so Jesus conquered death, Jesus conquered hell, and Jesus conquered sin. And he rose back up. And because he got back up, he got back up, he tells us by his life you and I can get back up. In fact, the writer of Hebrews goes on to tell us to keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and now is sitting at the right hand of the Father, forever interceding for us. He knows. And in fact, even prior to that, it tells us that in the hall of faith in chapter 11 that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who are cheering us on. It says, so we better get on with the race that God has set before us and run it with joy and run it with determination. And Paul, in another epistle, tells us, hey, fight the good fight. Keep the faith and finish the race that is set before you. Amen? Paul wrote that while in prison. Paul wrote that while in a dark dungeon cell. And he said, I have kept the faith. I have finished my race. I have done it. And now I'm telling you to do it as well. And right here in Ephesians, we're told, it's, a, it's the final thought that he gives to the believers in Ephesus. And it's a word you and I need to take serious to heart. It's something that really most, at least it used to be this way, Pastor Prentice, it used to be that this, this chapter, chapter 6, used to be one of the first things you memorize as a new Christian. The body armor of God. God's armor. The spiritual armor. These seven things that are laid out here. And so we're going to look at those very quickly because there's, I believe there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of this. First and foremost, he says, hey, be strong in the mighty power of the Lord, not in your own strength. How many of you have discovered that when you try to be strong in your own strength, you always fall short? Amen. Any takers? Anybody willing to admit? Any confessors in the church today? We don't have the curtain in the box to confess it to. It's just between us and God, but yeah... We, we, we all try to get strong in our own strength, right? We try to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, right? And try to make it happen on our own, in our own ability. And every time we fall short, Paul says, hey, you can be strong, but you're going to be strong in God's mighty power, not in your own strength. And here's the good news. God wants you strong. He wants you strong. He doesn't want you to be weak. And neither should we want to be weak. Neither should we want to wallow in our weakness. In fact, we boast in our weakness that Paul talks about in the Corinthians. He says, hey, I boast in my infirmities. I boast in my weaknesses. Not saying, look, look at me. I'm so poor and wretched and, poor and awful. No, he says, I let God know I'm weak. Because when I let God know I'm weak, then God can be strong in me. So be strong in the Lord's mighty power. How? How? We go back to chapter 1 of Ephesians 1, verse 3, been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places because we are united with Christ. You and I, we draw our strength from our union with Jesus Christ. So the relationship you have with Christ is where you draw your strength from. Then he goes on to tell us in verse 11, he says, put on all the armor so that you can stand firm against all the strategies of the devil, There's a word there, the word strategies in the Greek is methodeia, which means deceitful methods. So he says, so be strong in the, in the mighty power of God. Put on all of God's armor so that you can stand firm against all of the deceitful methods of the devil. The methods of the devil are deceitful. They're deceitful. And oftentimes, if we're not careful, we fall for them. ...hook, line, and sinker. We fall for them. So the devil is serious, the devil is strategic... ...but God is also serious. And God is also strategic. And He's given us a definite plan... ...that if, if you and I as Christians... ...if we will implement His plan... ...then it guarantees that we, you and I... ...we can live this life... ...however many years we get... ...we can live this life not limping along not scraping by, not barely overcoming things, no, but triumphantly reigning in victory by faith in Jesus Christ if we will implement his word. And that is what follows in verses 13 through 18. He says, so therefore put on, and if it, take note of the word, the, the language, the writing, put on, that means there's effort involved. When you got dressed this morning, nobody put your clothes on you. The only way that happens is if you really are invalid, and that happens. But if you're not, then you put your own self together, right? You got you picked out your own shoes, you picked out your own clothes, you put your own stuff on, right? There's an effort involved. So there's an effort involved in putting on God's armor in our life. Anybody with me? You rolling with me? Okay. So put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And so here's the deal. The struggles in our life are real. They're all real. But here's what we need to be making sure we wear. Put on the belt of truth, it says. Put on the belt of truth. The belt of truth balances our life. The belt of truth balances our life. That without truth, you won't know what's right and you won't know what's wrong. Here's the thing, we live in a day and time where people call evil good and good evil. It's all over the news, it's all over media, it's all over everything you, your eyes can see. People call good evil and evil good. They call truth lies and lies truth. Everybody's doing it in the world these days. So what, what are we to believe? Well, how do you know what truth is? Right here. Truth is centered right here in the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Here's the thing about the belt of truth. It holds you up when the gravity of sin and everything else tries to pull you down. It's like your pants, on your belt, your pants, it holds your pants up. That's what the belt of truth does. It holds you up when the gravity of sin and everything else tries to pull you down. And it happens. It happens. Put on the belt of truth. Then he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness... That covers your heart. That covers our heart. That is where, in our heart, that's where we say we we get right with God and we make things right with God. We welcome God into our life through our in our heart. The breastplate of righteousness covers our heart, and it also is a is 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 it it, it says this is who we are. The Bible says that if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to tell us that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so when we put on this breastplate of righteousness, we wear around God's righteousness on our life. And so it tells, it reminds us who we are in Christ Jesus. Even on our bad day. Anybody have any bad days? Even on our bad days, we are still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Even on our best days. Anybody have some good days? Feels like, man, I'm on the top of the world. I'm the king of the world. And you just feel like, man, can't nothing ever knock me down. Then you wake up the next day and you're like, why do I feel so low? What is going on? Because the struggle is real, y'all. The battles you and I face, they're not... Flesh and blood battles. It's a spiritual battle, and don't, 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 don't think for a minute the enemy is not crafty and deceitful and stirring up darkness around you. I mean, literally, you can wait, you can wake up one day and be high as a kite in a good way. You didn't smoke nothing. And you feel good. I mean, you're positive, you've got faith, your mind's at peace, you've got joy, and things are just rocking, man. And then you wake up the next day and nothing changed in the natural, but you just feel down. You think, well, something wrong? Let me check my bank account real quick, make sure that didn't happen overnight. That looks okay, it's all right. It may not be what I want it to be, but it's okay. And you check on your kids, you check on other things. You just wonder, why do I go through some of the struggles I go through? Because they're not natural struggles. Something is not wrong with you. Let me just tell you that. Something is not wrong with you because you go through things. The enemy is deceitful. And he stirs up spiritual darkness. Why? Because you are marked with God. And you have a purpose and you believe it. And you aim to live it. And so therefore he tries to combat against it. He can't destroy you, but man, he's so good at trying to disappoint you, trying to discourage you, trying to get you to not believe in God and believe who you are in Christ, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Wear that breastplate proud. And you don't gain the righteousness by your own merits or performances. You gain it by faith in Christ and what he did on the cross and through the resurrection. Then he tells us this, for shoes put on the shoes of peace. Man, I like those shoes. Where did you get those? They're peace, man. They are peace. Here's the thing about peace. There's twofold this, peace with God and the peace of God. And both are needed both are needed. You can have peace with God, but you can go through life and through some days not having the peace of God. So you can have peace with God, meaning you're in right standing with God. You know your life is is humble before Him. You've accepted Him. You're walking in His ways. But then there's also the peace of God, what the Bible, what Paul describes as peace that surpasses all understanding. When chaos is at, at, at breaking out all around you and there's storms happening in your life, but inward you have peace. And you can explain it, peace that surpasses all understanding. It doesn't make sense to have this kind of peace right now with what I'm going through. I'm, life is stressful, life is chaotic, and all these things are happening around me and happening to me. But within, I can have the peace of God. That I don't have to be in turmoil just because things around me are in turmoil. That's possible. Here's, here's what I say about that. I wish I lived in that every day. But I got to level with you guys. I don't. I don't live with the peace of God that surpasses understanding every single day. I wish, I did because I know what that feels like and it feels good. I mean, it just it feels like man can't anything knock me down. I just have God's peace. So I have to remind myself, what am I wearing? How am I walking? Do you have peace with God, peace of God? Because see, here's the thing. As we go through life, we walk through, we walk through our day. Shoes give the impression you're going somewhere, you're walking somewhere. So as we walk our day out, you and I as Christians are not called to bring disruption and chaos into people's lives. We're called to bring peace. I mean, come on, there's already enough disruption. People are mad. People are mad these days. People walk around angry. People walk around discontent, the enemy working in their life. They're not the devil, but they show act like it. And there's some in the house of God, right? Because we don't walk with God. Man, there's so, much, there's so much discontent in people's lives these days. And as Christians, we're the ones who're supposed to show people. When you walk, when you've got a storm happening, you've got chaos happening, you've got stuff going on, we're supposed to be able to show people, man, how do you, how do you keep it together? The only way I can tell you is this is the peace of God. I know it doesn't make sense, you, but you've got all these bad things happening to you and around you. How do you not stay so fragile and so broken and so disgusted on these? I have the peace of God. I know it doesn't make any sense. And people will say, well, isn't your God supposed to keep all that from happening? But sometimes things happen. But what he does guarantee is himself in you that he never leave you and he never forsake you. So how do you keep it together? I have the peace of God. Are you always like this? No, I wish I could tell you I'm not always like this because some days I don't wake up like this. And some days I have to get myself prayed up so I can be right, right? Because this is a mad world we live in. We work with some crazy people. We live around some crazy people. I'm not saying the world is whatever. I'm just telling you that's the real deal because the struggle is real for all of us. But as Christians, we're called to stand out, not in a disruptive way, but in a way that can bring peace to a disruptive situation. Amen? We're called to be peace. Walk with peace. And then he says, put on the shield of faith. Everybody with me? Just a couple minutes. Put on the shield of faith. Here's the thing about our faith our faith is fireproof. Our faith that God gives us is fireproof. What's He tell us here? Verse um, 16. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. You see, the thing about these shields back then was they were leather shields soaked and saturated in water. So that when the um, soldiers went out to war, those leather shields had been saturated and soaked in water. And so when the enemy, they would light their arrows on the end and shoot them out. And then when they came across, they were fiery arrows. And then when they would land, they would, hit in, they would stick into that shield that had that leather shield that was soaked in water and it would be extinguished. That flame would be extinguished. So here's the thing about the, the uh, shield of faith. That as we take it and we hold it and we use it, here's the thing, that things come at us but things don't get to us. Now That's another level of, I got to tell you, a place I got to tell you, I wish I lived like that every day too. Because th- a lot of things come at me and sometimes things get to me. Things just get to me. I let situations get to me, man. And I don't have faith. I don't use the faith. I have faith. I don't use it. Instead, I let fear take over. I let fear grip me. I let my flesh consume me. And I don't let God's Spirit rise up within me enough to let, for me to activate my shield of faith. But man, we have it. We have the shield of faith. And it's fireproof. I Meaning, I don't get up and walk through life in fear. I get up and can walk in in life with faith that no matter what, I don't don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself going through life fearing what would happen, that if I did that or didn't do that, what is going to happen? Not every day, not all day, it's very small in the big picture of, of a year of life, but nonetheless, It happens, and I want to be able to live life every day full of fireproof faith. That I don't want myself to hold me back. I don't want fear to hold me back. I don't want people to hold me back. I don't want my past to hold me back. I don't want the future to hold me back. I want to move forward in what God has for my life. Amen. Amen. And so therefore, we have this shield of faith, but what good is a shield if we don't use it? It says, take the shield and hold it up and use that shield. The struggle is real, and I'm sharing some of mine with you today. The struggle is real, but we don't go out. When we go out into this world, we should go out with faith, no matter what, that the fiery arrows of the devil will not get to me. Whatever he's... Now, I don't go out taunting him. I don't go out saying, devil, look at me. I don't wake up like that. I don't wake up picking a fight. I wake up trying to move forward in the faith that God has for me and not live by fear, right? But when it happens, when the fiery arrows come, I have the shield of faith to use it. And that is to stop the fiery darts, or excuse me, the fiery arrows of the devil because they come at us. Anybody ever, you don't have to raise your hand, anybody have ever had anything come at you and actually get to you? Then he says, put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet. Of, so he gives us this picture of what we're supposed to wear in the struggles that we have. We're supposed to wear these, the belt, of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. This helmet is to crown us. It's to crown our head with God's salvation because it protects our thoughts, it protects our perceptions, it protects our mind, it, protect, uh, it protects our, our beliefs. It protects our focus. This, this helmet of salvation, it's a picture that Romans 12.2 tells us, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As a Christian, our minds are supposed to be renewed. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It happens as we read God's Word and we expose our life our ears and our eyes to the Word of God. And let me tell you, when, when Paul said that if you are in Christ, you are a new creation, that literally means you become brand new. God changes you on the inside out. He changes you. And our minds get renewed as we expose ourselves to God's Word. If you ever wonder why you're not changing and why nothing's ever changing in your life, could it be that you're not exposing yourself to the Word of God? more than just here on Sunday morning. More than just here on Sunday morning. I've, I've, I've taught this over and over again about getting a, a, a devotion, a discipline of getting in God's Word as much and as often as you possibly can because that's how our minds get changed and that's how our lives become transformed. And, and the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.16 that we have the mind of Christ. You don't have to be crazy. You don't have to have short wires that aren't all meshing together inside. I believe you can have the mind of Christ that is sane, that is sober, that is clear thinking. Now, it doesn't mean you won't ever have a struggle because what? The struggle is real, y'all. And there's some days I shall feel cray-cray. I feel like, what is, why am I thinking that? Where did that thought even come from? What? It's like out of left field, man. I could have a week of not having any bad thoughts about myself, about people, about situations, about anything. And then, a thought just travels right through there. Oh, I forgot to wear my helmet of salvation. and So I have to remind myself, oh, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ, right? Paul told Timothy, he said, God didn't give you a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound, disciplined mind. And he taught the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 10, he wrote, you have the authority to take every thought captive that is against the obedience of Christ. And it means, here's what that means, when you take a thought captive to the disobedience of Christ, here's what happens, you make it a prisoner and when you make something a prisoner, it's bound. It has no luxury of freedom of running around. So when you take a thought captive to the obedience of Christ, you make it a prisoner to where it can't run around in your head producing crazy thoughts, producing fantasy. Right? I'm going to preach over here. They're giving me what I need over here. And there's less, of the, less people here and over there. What's wrong with the left side, y'all? The struggle is real. Preacher got to preach where he's welcome, right? <laughs> Marin, you're marinating in it. Yeah, you're just letting it soak in. Mm. Get, that, get that six hour soak in and be like, oh, yeah, this is all good right here. We have the mind of Christ. Mmm. Shame on us as Christians for not living with the mind of Christ. Right? You heard Diana talk about it last week in her testimony. I'm just going to give a smidget because it's so good you should go back and listen to it. She was in business college as an adult, scored so high on the entrance exam and doing so well in business college. But someone, somebody somewhere looked through her files and saw that she did not have a high school diploma. Or a GED. How did you do so well on a business exam? She said, I, my mind got sharp because I read God's word every day. My mind began to change. So they didn't kick her out. But what she did was she, she went to school for two things. One, continued her business college. Two, studying to take her GED and passed all with flying colors. Yeah. Yeah. Became an entrepreneur, doing well. She's reading the retired stage, or I'll say the refired stage of life. Her and Dano back there. Good people. Good people. But that happens. Our minds, we don't have to give way to funky thinking. Right? Come on, we don't have to let our minds be corrupted. We don't have to let our minds be taken over by oppression or depression. Or any of those other thoughts that come around that are negative. No, we have the mind of Christ. And we have to take authority over every thought that is against the knowledge of God. And you have the authority as a believer in Christ Jesus. You have the authority that when a bad thought or a negative thought enters your mind, you don't have to entertain it. It does not have to run around and produce whatever it wants to produce. No, you stop it in its tracks and you say, I take that thought captive right now to the obedience of Christ and I command you, thought, you will be a prisoner and you will not run free in my mind. You will not produce what you want to make. No, I have the mind of Christ. I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. I'm not ugly. I'm not bad. I am good because God made me this way. I am the righteousness of Christ. In God, I am who he says I am. I will have what he says I want. I will live my purpose for the kingdom of God. I will not be taken advantage of. You cannot have my family. My family does not belong to you. I take those thoughts captive. Now, you might not run around talking like that, but you just might have to say a few words. A few choice words that are holy. Holy. Take the sword of the Spirit. You care if I finish these last two thoughts here? The sword of the Spirit. So we have all these things. And he says, take with you the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the word for word there in the Greek is rhema. It's important that you understand that. That means a particular spoken word of God for a particular situation. A right now word for a right now situation. There's scripture for all kinds of occasions. I came across a few. I'll share a couple of them with you. If you're in sorrow, dealing with sorrow, John 14:1, Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. And he says, peace I give to you. A peace of mind and heart, a peace I give that is not a that the uh, a peace the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Deal with sorrow. Speak God's word over your life. Man, quit being whooped up and down the street. God's greater than that in you. But it's up to you, it's up to me to implement God's plan, God's strategy. Put on all these things and take the sword of the Spirit. Maybe people fail you, dealing with people disappointing you. Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, not people. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? We sing a song about tremble at the name of Jesus. And when evil people come to devour me, talk about me, disappoint me, and let me down and lie on me, they're going to end up stumbling and falling. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. And man, I know what that's like to have all kinds of people not like you, not support you. Some of you know it a whole lot more better than I do, and it's not in a good way, since you know how the struggle is real, y'all. People may be against you, but God, mm, God is always for you. Amen? People will fail you, but God never will. Maybe you're dealing with an overwhelming sense of letting God down, sinning, falling short. David prayed a prayer Psalm 51 he said said this and said uh, oh give me back my joy again you have broken me now let me rejoice don't keep looking at my sins remove the stain of my guilt and here's one of my favorite part's create in me a clean heart oh god renew a loyal steadfast spirit within me and don't banish me from your presence and don't take your holy spirit from me david cried out because he felt horrible. But when he felt horrible, God came close. Maybe you need courage. Anybody need any courage at times? I sure need courage. God told Joshua, Joshua 1, be strong and courageous. Three times, be strong and very courageous. Verse 9, and... This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Why? Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. There's all kinds of scripture for all kinds of things. Just be sure you put it in context. Just do that. All right? Learn how to use the sword of the Spirit. Learn how to use God's Word. Paul's telling us, hey, the sword of the Spirit is a weapon to be used to attack the enemy, to chase him back and to push him back. Because the enemy thinks he can taunt us. In fact, fact, uh, Peter says that he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But you stand strong and resist him. How? Through the Word of God. Don't take any lip off the devil. I'm talking to myself too. Don't take no smack from him. There's too many Christians sitting in church and at home today that the enemy has has succeeded in discouraging them, disappointing them, deterring them. And he knows he can't destroy them, but they don't know that he can't do that. And he can't do that. But if we fall susceptible to his deceptive methods of discouraging. You know, your past is ugly. Look at all the mess you did. Do you really think God really cares and loves you to forgive you of all of that? That's exactly right. See, and it brings discouragement to our hearts. Brings discouragement to our hearts. But it doesn't destroy us. What it does, it keeps us from moving forward in what God has for our life. You're called to be an overcomer. You're called to make a difference. You're called to make an impact in this world, on this earth, for Jesus Christ. You're not called to just occupy space and eat up a bunch of food. You're called to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Just think, if the enemy would have succeeded in letting you think what you thought about your life. And now here you are on our stage in front of a whole bunch of people worshiping God and you don't care what anybody thinks, at least it seems that way. And I thank God for the freedom you girls express in leading our church in worship. Amen? Amen? Because you used to be discouraged. You used to be disappointed. And I know the temptations come and go at times with that. But God wants you to know today that you are faithful and that He is faithful to you. He's faithful to all of us. Amen? Faithful to all of us. Where am I at? Let's see. The sword of the Spirit, the word of God. Yeah, do that. <laughs> and lastly, oh, wait too long. Lastly, pray in the Spirit at all times and pray for other believers everywhere. Now I love that Paul ends with this. we We all need the prayer and we all need the practice, don't we? Here's what Jude tells us. Jude, the book of Jude, verse 20 tells us, praying in the Spirit and praying for other believers, it builds our most holy faith up. Do you want your faith to get built up? Pray in the Spirit and pray for other people. At the times when you you are feeling your worst and you're going through some of the hardest times, challenging times, difficult times, discouraging times, you name it, that is the time you need to pray in the Spirit and that is the time you need to pray for other people because it will quickly build your faith and it will cause you to see life is not as bad as you thought it was. And you realize you're not the only one in the struggle that is real, y'all. I need to know in my life that when i'm going through the struggles that i've got some covenant keeping people that are praying for me knowing that they have my back because here is the final picture of this armor the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness the shoes of peace the shield of faith the helmet of salvation The sword of the Spirit. Who's got your back? Who's got your back? All correct. But how do we feel it, touch it, smell it, sniff it, know it? We rub up against it. Another person. Another person. Don't make me fight you right here. You better get up. (laughs) Who's got my back? My brother in Christ. Who's got his back? A brother in Christ, right? Come on, who's got each other's back? I know your foot's hurt. Come on, stand up. But the struggle is real, y'all. Who's got each other's back? Right? Who's got each other's back? You can break through the chain of command right there. Who's got each other's back? The struggle is real. But I need to know that when I'm going through the struggle, that I'm not alone, that I'm not by myself. That when I'm fighting it and I'm going through it and it makes me feel like I'm up by myself, that I get somebody that tells me, I've been praying for you. I've been interceding for you. I get a card in the mail, I get a text on my phone, I get an email, I get a phone call, I get a visit from somebody in church that tells me, I didn't mean to knock over your water, that tells me, I have been praying for you. Why? Because the struggle is real, y'all. I know hell is hot and life is short, but heaven is for real. And God wants to see everybody. Thank you. See, he's got my back. He's cleaning up the water. Thank you so much. But the struggle is real. You ladies can sit. Thank you so much for being so good. Thank you. We need to know that we're not in this fight alone. Amen? Because how how about you? We get weary. We get battle tired, right? We get battle tired. And we need to know that we got covenant-keeping people. On our side, you see. That's why we. That's why Christians don't need to be hating Christians. That's,
2: right.
0: that's why we don't need to be getting on each other. We need to be with each other. Amen. Denominations are not enemies of each other. Race is not an enemy of each other. The devil has is he's good enough at doing what he's doing, and he's making it think that it's people, but it's not. The dark world in which we live in. And as Christians we got to have each other's back, amen.